With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live. Welcome everyone to the House of David Ministries. I am Pastor Keith Allen. I'm Pastor Summer Allen. And this week's Bible study will be based on the book of Revelations. Chapters 1, 2, 3, as well as chapters 21 and 22. Okay, I know this is a lot of meat, and I wanted to start with chapter 21. Because there's something in chapter 21 that I told you guys that this all ties together. And I'm going to show you how God does things as this whole book is tied together. Okay? So, chapter 21 like I said, it's a lot of um, chapters, so we're not going to go over every verse. I'm going to hit some key verses and point out some key things, okay? Now, we may have to expound on this for another week because this is a lot of information, okay? Okay. So before I even get started, for those who got a little reading done or, or whatnot, do anyone have anything to add before I start? Well... What did you get from it or anything? I mean, give your input. Come on. This is a study, not a read. Well, I'm going to wait until you get to Revelation chapter 1. Okay. That's where I, I got All right. my Not a problem. From. But if anybody else um, had something they wanted to. I'm with you, Summer. I'll wait until we get to the other part as well. <laughs> not a problem, guys. All right. So, chapter 1. Now, this is something that is very important to your salvation. Chapter 20. 21, I'm sorry. Uh It's something very important to your salvation, okay? Uh This is why, you know, when he says, I come quickly. Remember we talked about that when I said, um, we read that chapter a few weeks ago when he he talked about you being right because when that time comes, Everything that comes is judgment, and everything will be swiftly. He says, tarry. So when it comes, you do not have to tarry because it will not tarry, because it will happen swiftly. Okay, so you want to get your mind right, your soul right. Chapter 21, verse 1 reads, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. That is very important. It is revealed back into the other chapters as well. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away. So all those who think they're going to inherit this earth, you can keep it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take the new one. All right? And there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 3, And I heard a great voice out of heaven 
saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, we all know who that tabernacle is. The body of Christ, of course, is that tabernacle. God is saying he will be our God, okay? Jesus God with us. New Jerusalem, which it speaks of in verse 2, is us. It's everyone who is going to be inherited into that new kingdom, okay? That new kingdom, that new city, all right? So, verse 5, I'm going to skip there and skip verse uh, 4, and it says in verse 5, and if you could mute your mics if you're speaking. It's verse 5. And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Right, for these words are true and faithful. Now he said, I make all things new. Remember that. I'm going to skip over to verses one, uh, chapters 1, 2, and 3 in a minute. And he said unto me, it is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the foundation of the water of life freely. Then I will give you freely who thirst. Remember I told you that scripture that says, never quench the thirst of the spirit. So if you are thirst. Jesus will forever, in a day forever, ever, everlasting, eternally, give you freely of the water of life. Okay? Verse 7, this is where we're going to kick in and jump over to the other side, okay? He says, he that overcometh shall inherit all things. He that overcometh shall inherit all things. He just said, I make all things new. So everything you receive is not a used thing. It's not something that is passed down. It is a newness within your spirit each and every day. You shall inherit all things that are new. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. You've been adopted, in other words, <laughs> and to God. I mean, come on. Who wouldn't want that? All right? So now, with that being said, I'm going to save the rest of this for last. And that's what I'm going to close up with. Jumping over to Chapter 1. All right? Does anybody have anything to say right now before I get started in Chapter 1? Any questions? Any questions? Yes. Okay, so for those of you who read Chapter 1, there's some key things that you should have caught. Uh-huh. And I'm going to leave the table open for those key things. Well, I'm going to go ahead and jump in. Um, the first thing that I had, I had actually caught on to and I, I didn't pay attention to before is literally in the first verse. 
of where he says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him, to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. So it was Jesus who sent the angel to give John that prophetic experience that happened to him. And I never knew that before. Everybody just always says, like, okay, well, John has, you know, you know, he had a, a, a prophetic experience and he wrote, and he wrote it down. Mm-hmm. You know, like the angels came and got him and, right. you know, he had his experience, whatever. But literally it was Jesus who did it. Because and, and again and again, he proves himself to be the key. Mm-hmm. And he had said that, and, and that kind of like had, you know, connected that for me when he had said <clears throat> that he holds the key to heaven and to earth. And you can't get there but through him. And yet in the same instance, mm-hmm. he's telling you, you can't get here. You can't even, you can't even uh, get to the place where John went without going through him. Right. You gotta, he's got to come and allow you or permit you to come. He, he holds the key. Well, he is our mediator. He pretty much, he he stands in and tells God, hey, this one is true. This one isn't. Right. Mm-hmm. So John was held as righteousness, so he was allowed that point, just as Enoch was. Okay? So, mm-hmm. I mean... And most of the prophets that um, that we speak of, who were ever you know able to go into that place, right? Mm-hmm. You know, but there is something very important here. <clears throat> Verse three reads: "Blessed is he that readeth, and they that keep, that hear the words of this prophecy, and keep those things which are written therein." Well, the time is at hand. The time is at hand. Why, do I, why am I expressing that? Yes, I'm getting Because excited. we are reading the prophecy currently? <laughs> no. I'm excited. I told you. Everything ties together. If you, if you allow God to show you his word, okay. he, will, he will bless you with some, some understanding that, you're, I mean, that will blow your mind. Okay. You don't have to turn there, but I'm going to go to Matthew. Let me get to my notes, all right? I'm going to go all the way to Matthew. I told you this stuff coincides, right? Matthew chapter 3, no, 10. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. Matthew chapter 10, verse 7. Okay? Now, this is Jesus preaching, and this verse says, after he had laid down the foundation of all the the uh, apostles and everything, and he says, and as ye go, as he sent his um, apostles out to do his work, preach, saying, not prosperity, not anything other, but preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
Revelations, verse 3. You are therefore blessed if you keep the prophecy and hear it for those things which are written therein. It was already written. He's already said it. For the time is at hand. The time is at hand Why? because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. John the Baptist said the same thing. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why is the kingdom of heaven is at hand? Because your soul is at stake. The things you need to do right now depend on that very thing. The kingdom of heaven is at hand because you're about to lose it. It's about to slip right out of your hand if you don't pay attention, if you don't wake up. That is exactly what revelation means. The unveiling of truth. Understanding. This is what revelation means. The unveiling. It means to to uncover something, to show something, a mystery of. This is revelation, okay? That is the meaning of it. It's not the meaning of oh, brimstone and hell and fire ward and all this other stuff. People think that, but that's not what it means. Okay? The kingdom of heaven is at hand, and you're about to lose it. But now he goes into speaking about seven churches. Mm-hmm. Okay? Do, do, any, do any of you guys know anything about the seven churches? Mm-hmm. Anyone? Kathy, Mindy. Nope. Okay. You? Go ahead. Okay. I'll lay it out. I'm telling you, I get excited about this it's word. It's what it says in here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Seven churches. He had angels appointed over each church. Mm-hmm. And he said each church was doing great things, abundant things. But he had an aunt. Against some of them, not all of them. Not all of them. Mm-hmm. The two he did not have a, a, an odd against was Samaria, Samara, I'm sorry, Samarna, and Philadelphia. Those are the only two that were doing everything correctly. But the enemy was trying to break those doors down. And he sent a message out to them. Okay? The reoccurring factor, chapters 1, 2, and 3, as he's giving his issues with each church. The church, excuse me, the first church, he said that, okay, let me make sure I got this. He says, uh... The first church was Ephesus, I believe. Ephesus. Ephesus. Mm -hmm. He said unto the angel of Ephesus that everything you're doing, doing good, verse 4, chapter 2, verse 4, he says, Nevertheless, I have something against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Mm -hmm. We all know what that love is. Just as Jesus loves us, (coughs) God loves us. That is that love that carries out, that charity of putting yourself last and putting somebody before yourself, okay? Showing that kind of love. You've you've forgotten that. You take care of yourself 
but you don't take care of anything else around you that's going wrong. Okay. Can I add to that? Oh, go ahead. No, I, I mean, I read that as, as like going to motions where you're doing this, you're doing this, sort of where it becomes a little legalistic and you're not really feeling it in your heart. Right. Yeah, but the first love he said is charity. That is one, that's one thing that is straight up pure love that you cannot deny. Just as he showed for us, it was a charity work when he put himself on the cross and died for our sins. It's just like, the, see, I keep um, hearing to add to that, <clears throat> is that when, when you very first received that revelation of Christ, you have this, everybody remembers it, you have this zeal. You have this, like, it's almost like, you know, you were thirsty and somebody gave you a glass of water, and you're like, wow, that was, the, like, the best glass of water I've ever had. So it's like, you you, you know, you have that, that newness of things. Mm-hmm. And, in, and in Christ, when we all knew and we're all zealous for him, we, we go run around and everybody's got to get saved now. You go calling everybody on the phone. You got to get saved. You got to get baptized. Gotta, you know, you got to do this. You got to do that. And you go to, and, and everybody, you, you, you try to help everybody. You, you go and you give money out to people, you know, that you see needed. You, you do all of these things, you know, um, sporadically because of that newness, that freshness mm-hmm. of it, right? And you don't really know what to do with it. That is that first love that we tend to fall away from because um, you get complacent. And that's why he's telling them in Ephesus that they got complacent. They started doing, you know, how some people say, oh, well, I'm in the, um, I, do, I teach Sunday school, mm-hmm. I'm in the choir, I uh, go and feed the, the, the poor, and, you know, I'm, I'm just an all-around good guy. So I'm covered. I, I've done it. I've done my, my, uh, my duty. Well, he's telling Ephesus, like, you know, yeah, all that's good and fine that. I'm not trying to say that those things aren't great, but you forgot your first love. What do you all do? What are you doing this for? Mm-hmm. You know, what are you mm-hmm. doing all of these things for? Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it because you know that, like, like Melinda was saying, that this is the law to do it? Or, you know, do you love me and do you love my people? Mm-hmm. We should always remember that, we, um, the love is the first and foremost thing, and it covers a multitude of sins. Mm-hmm. We always remember love. Absolutely. Can I ask something? Yeah, Absolutely, sure. sure. Okay, can I go back to when you were talking about in the beginning in Revelation 1, and, 1, and then you went into, this, uh, I think, the third chapter about the, the churches. Right. And uh, the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must surely come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. And as you were reading the churches, what I got out of this, first of all, as you said, the angel. But if we go back to the top, what it said, the revelation of Jesus Christ was given unto him. So it was to his servant, he gave it, this revelation shortly uh, comes to pass, and he said his, to signify it was his angel. What am I saying? The angel is representing the seven churches, those churches. 
which represents the revelation God is putting into us. Absolutely. Into us as his church, as a body that is it, 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 it's, uh, written in, in us as we pursue him, chase him, and then he will reveal his secrets in us, right. through right. us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You see, mm-hmm. and now we are the church that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. Mm-hmm. Amen. So that's what I was getting as I was reading. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, so... Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody? Everybody's good. I said, all right. I'll continue on. Now, in Smyrna, he had no fault with them. He literally told them, Be thou faithful unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. Mm. He had no art with them. Mm-hmm. In Philadelphia, again, he had issues with all of them, but in Philadelphia he told them, you know, I know thy works. Behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it, for thou hast a little strength, and hast kept my word, and hast not denied my name. They had no fault with them. That's in chapter 3. That is in chapter 3. Mm-hmm. Now, up in chapter 2, okay, he talks to Pergamus, you know, Thyatira and uh, Sardis, and he had faults with all of them. There's one occurring theme. I'm going to go back to Revelation 21, and I'm going to read verse 7 once more, because I want you to take heed to one, one thing I told you to do, to pay, take, take, take heed of. He says in verse 7 of chapter 21, He that overcometh shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. Mm-hmm. The first phrase, he that overcometh. Okay? When you go back, starting with chapter 2, when the first church he told a recurring theme, each and every church. Chapter 2, verse 7. To him that overcometh will I give to eat of the tree of life, which is in the midst of the, of the paradise of God, which is in New Jerusalem. Go to Smyrna in verse 11. He that overcometh shall not be hurt of the second death. Chapter 2 as, as well, verse 17. Church of Pergamos, mm-hmm. to him that overcometh will I give to eat of the hidden manna. And we know what that manna is. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's the word of God itself. And we'll give him a white stone, and this is, this is awesome right here, and in the stone a new name written, mm-hmm. which no name knoweth, saying he that receiveth it. In other words, he's giving you a new purpose in heaven. Because we know in the Bible days and with Jewish um, tradition, your name is your purpose, your key of what you should carry out. So he said, I will give you a new name. I am writing this name in stone. So you can't erase it. It's written in stone for your new purpose. Okay? Okay. Verse. 
26 of chapter 2. He says to the church again, And he that overcometh and keepeth my works unto the end, to him will I give power over the nations. The Sardis, chapter 3, verse 5. He that overcometh, the same shall be clothed in white raiment, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. Okay? From Philadelphia, chapter 3, verse 12. He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God. Everything he's telling you that, <coughs> excuse me, everything you go through, everything that is placed before you, every trial, every tribulation, every obstacle, you have the power to overcome it. And he said, if you do, and just as in this last one, uh, Lodicea, he told them, to them that overcome it, I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. You just have to endure, as he said, endure to the end. Things may be hard. But imagine yourself being placed on the cross for everyone else. That is, some, that is something that probably none of us could endure. But he's saying, I've done that part already. The other stuff should be a little easier for you. Okay? I have a Bible scripture written on my little whiteboard in my room. Um, James 1, 2 to 4. Consider it all joy, my brother, and when you encounter various trials, Knowing that the testing of our faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete. Hold on, it's locked. Lacking in nothing. There you go. Absolutely. (laughs) I have another verse, too. If you look at chapter 2, verse 9, he says, I know thy work and tribulation and poverty, but thou art rich. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's you know he's telling you one thing that it looks like you're going through this situation, but you're going to get more for your trouble. You know, you're mm-hmm. going to get beauty for ashes, as they say. You know, double for all the, the trouble that you've had. It may look like that you're in a suffering way, that the world would say that you're in poverty and the world is saying that you're going through all these troubles. Look at you. You know, you're not blessed, you know, and they look at what, you know, situations that you're going through, but they don't see what God says. And that's the end of it all. That he said on another verse that he would even give you a crown of life in the, in the verse 10 that if you continue to endure, that he would give you a crown of life. Now, let's just flash back and get a visual of that. Not flash back, but flash forward. Imagine 
you know, when God comes, because even in these scriptures, he has said that he's going to come and everyone would see him. And there's some of pe- some people who's going to have gnashing of teeth. Why? Because they didn't truly believe. And when God reveals himself, wouldn't that just be a bee in your bonnet, for a better, lack of a better word, to just like, wow, he does exist. You know, it's kind of like, you know, that, that Eminem commercial where they say, he does exist. You know, it, it's like, you know, they just want to kick themselves that they didn't believe or they didn't do the things that they uh, This is all I had to do was believe that he was who he was. Just believe. Just love. Just overcome. You know, mm-hmm. just wait. I say, upon the Lord, Lord. <laughs> and be of good courage. I mean, you know, all these things, these simple things that he's saying to do, I mean, wouldn't you just kick yourself that you didn't do it, you know? And and praise God that he shows you a revelation, like, let me, you know, show you a more excellent way, like he said. You know, let me just show you what you're going to get at the end. And as I'm standing there, I know when I'm standing in line to get my crown, I'm going to be smiling from ear to ear. <laughs> I'm going to be singing that song of how I made it over, <laughs> you know. And that's going to be a joyous time for me, you know, to say, you know, nanny, nanny, boo-boo, I believed. <laughs> Wish you would have been, you know. Right. So. <laughs> and in, in, in a few of the churches, he said one Thing. Remember, I told you what John was. John was shouting out in the wilderness. He said, "Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand." Mm-hmm. Now, if you go to chapter two, verse five, he t- he t- tells them, "Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, right. and repent, and do the first works, mm-hmm. or else I will come unto thee quickly." And I told you he's come swiftly. And will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Meaning, all y'all do is repent. That's what he's thinking. Repent means to not just ask for forgiveness. People think, oh, I'm just going to ask for forgiveness. I repent it. No, repentance means to be of a newness in you. Meaning, you are going to ask God for forgiveness of the thing that you did wrong and do it no more. Right. It doesn't just mean actual forgiveness and, 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 and keep doing it over and over again. It means with full repentance means you, you do not do that act again. This is your growth. This is how you reduce the mistakes that you make throughout your life. It's through repentance because it teaches you that you can't just be that kid anymore and say, Okay, and then you do it again and think that because I'm still a kid, I can get away with it. And another note, too, um, on it, too, is that as he's saying overcome, 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 he's literally telling us to overcome themselves. And everything of the world. Yeah, he's not trying to tell you to overcome somebody else, overcoming yourself, Mm -hmm. the things that you deal with. Because like he has said, you know, you have done this, 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 and that, but I tell you, this is what you need to do, Mm -hmm. you know? He's he's saying that, you know, that we have to look at ourselves and it constantly happens anyway because when you are in the presence of God, um, it 
is what he does is show you yourself, showing you all of those things that need to be dealt with. And as he shows them to you, it's for you to overcome them. Each and everything that is about you that needs to change, you got to overcome that. And he will, and don't be confused because God's not the author of confusion. He will let you know what it is that you need to overcome. Just like he sent these angels, you know, these uh, this angel to let him know this church is doing this, this church is doing that. You know how, you know, Melinda, you know, she has a big family. You know, they line you up. Everybody's in trouble, okay? <laughs> Everybody in trouble, okay? You know, you did this, you did that. You watched this person do this, and you didn't say anything, <laughs> you know, so you're in trouble too. You know, so it's like line them all up and let me let you know what you did. So everybody knows what they're getting the whooping for, right, <laughs> you know, or they, they know what they're getting in trouble for, no no dinner tonight or whatever you're going to do. So they know. So it, it, you, you correct it, you know, because mama said or daddy said, you know, mm-hmm. this is what you had to do. So that's the same thing that he's doing here is he's saying what, what, what you need to uh, rectify in yourself. Overcome it. Let it go. Don't let it be the, the stumbling block, block mm-hmm. between you and making heaven. Right. And in the beginning when he talks about each church, he pretty much gives a forewarning of what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, in, again, in Chapter 2, verse, <clears throat> excuse me, verse 1, he says, These things saith he that holdeth the seven stars in his right hand, who walketh in the midst of the seven candlesticks, what did he say he would do? He would remove the candlestick from their hand. Mm. Yeah. Okay? Mm-hmm. And in Pergamus, again, he told them, repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly. Mm-hmm. Again, he keeps saying it. It will be swift. And I will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. Mm-hmm. You know what that sword is? That sword is the word of God. If you do not want it upon you, come judgment day. Trust me. But in the beginning, before that happened, mm-hmm. in verse 12, before that happened, as he's going down the list of what went wrong with them, he told them, these things saith he, in verse 12, these things saith he, which hath the sharp sword with two edges. He already warned them. Then this is the thing. That again, like he said, live by the sword, die by the sword. You know, live by this, die by this. In other words, that's what he's saying. The things that you're doing is the exact same thing that I will remove away from you. Mm-hmm. So we all have to understand that. It is very important to know this thing. Okay? And it is the spirit in which the, all of this, again, we keep preaching spirit, spirit, spirit. Because even John himself said that without it, he could not go anywhere but through the spirit. He said, in the spirit, this angel took me to a mountain of high. Okay? In the spirit, not in the flesh. He didn't just grab me. No, you have to be in a spiritual mind in order to concept something like this, first off, because your flesh will reject it. It's the spirit within you, which is the which is the spirit of God anyway, mm-hmm. who knows his voice, as he says, my children know my voice. So that spirit itself knows what God is saying, knows what is true, knows what isn't true. But in the flesh, you don't know. 
And um, in, in verse 10, when he actually says, um, of chapter 1, I'm sorry, chapter 1, verse 10, where he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's, um, to be more uh, specific of that, that means I'm not in my, you know, you're not in your fleshly mind, but you're in the Spirit. You have literally entered into the secret place with God because, and you know it's the secret place of God because he starts to describe the secret place of God. He starts to describe the Holy of Holies. He started to describe, well, the candlesticks. He started to, to describe that Holy of Holies that is that is uh, spoken of when um, you talk about the tabernacle. So this is a, what, like what we were saying before, when you pray, there's just a head prayer that we do, you know, and we see God and, and ask him for certain things. But there is a deeper place to go in the Lord, and that's the secret place that he's talking about, the Holy of Holies, and that is that deeper prayer. And when he says, I was in the spirit, that means I'm completely in the spirit and not in the flesh. My mind is completely in the spirit. I'm, I'm completely saturated in the spirit of the Lord. And then the Lord shows me what he would have me to know, speaks to me. He um, gives revelation, all those different things. And that's different than just um, a head prayer. Amen. Anybody else have anything to add or any questions before we move on? Melinda, looks like she might have something. Uh, I was just thinking, my verse, I was saying the lampstand, which said the candles. Um, mm-hmm. So thinking that as, you know, these are the churches, these are the beacons of, Christ to the world, and if you're not willing to preach the truth and, and follow the way, <clears throat> that privilege to, to do that will be taken okay. away from you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's a great analogy. Absolutely. Because that's exactly what he's doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm not going to let you change my name, you okay. know? Okay. So, absolutely. And that's something that you, you, you just don't want. Like, um, He's literally warning you, and he's warning, you know, warning people even until today. I mean, you know, at at uh, you know, if if you don't do it right, if you don't, um, if your house is not in in order, you know, he'll take that favor, he'll take that um that grace and all that, you know, and and remove it and allow you to see, you know, what you're doing. Absolutely. It's kind of like when we were in Judges, though, too. Um, a, a couple weeks back, and we were seeing about how they were so rebellious, mm-hmm. and then how he would cause, or the, the Lord allowed them to go into captivity, right. so that they can be able to see their wrong that they did. Mm-hmm. Yep. So in the same that this is like in the spirit, that's in the flesh. This is in the spirit. Same, same answer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Anyone else? All right. Um, well, I just wanted to mention, like, the number seven kind of stuck out to me. He's mm-hmm. talking about, like, um, the seven lamps, uh-huh. you know, and then he's talking about the seven stars and then the seven churches. I don't really know the significance of the number seven. I, you know, I was reading up a little bit about the set, the seven lamps, the seven, I guess, characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, um, it's completeness. Mm-hmm. It's completeness of man. Man is the number six because we're created on the sixth day. Mm-hmm. Six is man. One is one and only living God. Mm-hmm. You have the six and the one together, you complete yourself. 
That's what seven is. It's, it's spiritual completeness. Okay. Okay. All right, now moving on to the awesome stuff, really, really awesome stuff. Mm-hmm. Now that we don't save your soul, hopefully you can direct yourself, right? <laughs> We're going to move on. Uh, Revelations. Chapter 21, and we're going to bleed into 22. There is a lot of stuff going on. This is where the Old Testament kicks in again. Okay. <laughs> so it is a lot of Old Testament. So, hey, it is what it is. I love the Old Testament. So, going back to, excuse me. Verse 12 of chapter 21. Okay. Okay. He says, And he had a wall great and high, and had twelve gates, and at the twelve gate, uh, and at the gates twelve angels, and names were written thereon, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel. You know what that is, right? Mm-hmm. Twelve tribes of Israel, right? On the east, three gates. On the north, three gates. South, three. West, three. There are three gates on each side. Verse 44, in the wall of the city had twelve foundations. Foundations. And in them, the names of the twelve apostles of the land. You had the 12 tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles that complete the walls of the city of New Jerusalem. Now, lo and behold, if you read through this, you know that New Jerusalem, there it says that the sun will shine not, well, it will be light forevermore. There will be no darkness, there's no sun, no, no moon, nothing, because the light comes from God and our Lord Jesus Christ. <clears throat> now, we know, if, if you've read through Trouble, uh, Revelations, there speaks of 24 elders mm-hmm. that sit around the throne of God. A city with a wall that surrounds New Jerusalem. Twelve gates. And it says also there were twelve foundations. Yep. Twenty-four elders that sit around the throne. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now this is very important because... This is where, because it speaks of certain things. Now, those foundations, jump into chapter, I mean, verse 19, says, And the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation, and it gives all these stones. I'm not going to name all these stones, okay? Okay? And then it says in verse 21, jump down there, in the 12 gates. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, and every several gate was of one pearl. 
and the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. Verse 22, And I saw no temple therein, no temple. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light therein. Okay? Now, verse 27 says, Now, in order to get to New Jerusalem, nor even be, be before that gate, you had to be judged and, and found righteous. Okay? So verse 27 says, And there shall no in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination, or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. There is no corruption. There is no evil thoughts. There's no nothing. You have to be found righteous in order to get, even get to that point to say you're going to enter in. Okay? Now, I wanted to stop there because I wanted to talk about those 12 gates. 12 gates. And I already said who they were. Twelve tribes of Israel, right? And because of the twelve tribes of Israel, we go back to the Old Testament. I'm going to have you guys turn to Exodus chapter 28. Exodus chapter 28. I'll give you a moment to get there. The first five books. It's actually the second book in which Moses has written. Exodus chapter 28. Chapter 28, and we're going to start at verse uh, 17. Okay. Now, for those who don't know, Herod was made the high priest by God through Moses. And on him, they created, as God instructed them to do, a breastplate. And this breastplate was called the breastplate of judgment. Okay? And, it, and I'll read in verse 15, okay? And it says, And thou shalt make a breastplate of judgment with cunning work, and after the work of the ephod. For those who don't know what the ephod is, the ephod is the, the shoulder um, pads, like if you see in the um, military how they have those little uh, pads that like kind of stick out on their shoulders and they have like a, a symbol on them sometimes or even a rank. The Air Force people, that's what it is. Uh, <laughs> no, no fun intended to them. They want, and it, each, each military calls it something different. That's why I, I couldn't come up with a name for it. But regardless of the fact is, on that ephod, on Aaron's shoulders, lie 12 stones. And God said, Thou shalt make it of gold and of blue and purple and of scarlet and of fine twine linen, shalt thou make it. 
four square shall it be um, shall it be doubled a span shall it be for the length of the span of thereof and the breadth of thereof. So he's telling them you have to make this breastplate in the order in which this ephod has these stones on them. Okay? And in this order it says, and thou shalt set in in its setting of stones, even four rows of stone. Four rows and it says in each row, uh, Basically, it's saying three, each row has three stones in it. Four rows, three stones, okay? Now, I'm not going to read through it uh, for all those stones once again. Okay, but I will jump to verse 21. And the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel. Each stone represented a, 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 a tribe of Israel. And it had their name actually written on each stone. The name of that tribe was written on each stone. Twelve, according to every one with his name, shall be, shall be, shall they be according to the twelve tribes. And so that's why, I know you're probably going to say it already. Go ahead. So that's why we're engrafted in when he gives us a stone with yes. our name on it. This stone with your name on it. That's the white stone. That is the white stone. Mm. Newness. Okay? But as he said in, in Revelation chapter 21, he talks about these 12 gates. Now, these 12 gates are in order because it says on the east side there was three gates. On the north there was three the south there was three, and the west there were three. Three gates, three stones, the breastplate of judgment goes across you. Okay? E5, the same order. There is an order to it. Okay? There is an order to this breastplate. And if you go to Numbers chapter 2, it gives you that order. Numbers chapter 2 gives you the order of those breastplates. These, this is the gates that are in the New Jerusalem. This is the same order in which these breastplates set about that, <clears throat> that um, breastplate and, in, and at the gates on the, north, on the east. Now, it, we all take north to be our you know, all-in-all direction point. But God lends his people east from Egypt. Okay? God also put in that first row everyone that was east of the tabernacle around the tabernacle in which he had Moses build, he had the tribes of Israel sit in particular places around that tabernacle. Okay? On the east side, if you turn to Numbers chapter 2, on the east side of that gate was the tribes of Judah. <coughs> Excuse me. I got to... The tribes of Judah, Issachar, 
and Zebulon. They were on the east. This is the first order. Second order was the south. Again, this is in uh, Numbers chapter 2. And it, this is pretty much the whole chapter. I'm just going down, uh, giving the names that were how they were listed. You had on the, on the south side, so it's going clockwise, Reuben, Simeon, and Gad. On the west, you had Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin. North side, you had Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. In that order. Just as the pulley gates are. As it said in Revelation, <coughs> it said that there were three gates on each side around the tabernacle of the old, which Moses built. There were three tribes on each side. And it says that these gates represented each tribe. And this is the New Jerusalem. This is the New Jerusalem. Mm-hmm. And then as it says, down in um, verse 22, it says, and I saw no temple, meaning there was no tabernacle thereof, because now, again, he says, I make all things new. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. So now these three tribes are surrounding, again, the, house, the throne of God, along with the 12 apostles, being the foundation. Very important. Foundation. Why? Foundation supports us. It holds us up. He told his 12 apostles to go out and preach the kingdom of God for everything is at hand. The kingdom is at hand. This is your foundation. And I hold this true for this ministry only because... I cannot, but my wife, we both believe in showing you guys a way to God mm-hmm. in a spiritual manner, not through praising you. Of, and, and as it says, if you, if, if you first seek the kingdom of heaven, as the scripture tells you, all things will be added unto you. So if we do the work of God as he has us to do it and and give you guys the way in which it should be done, then all these things in which you seek in the physical realm will be added onto you. So do I need to preach you having a, a great new job, big house, or anything, a lot of money? Do I need to preach this stuff? No, because it's, um, I mean, well, what you're saying is, is that this is a reality. This is a real. What, what God is saying is, is that this is this portion of what he is describing, that is reality. This right now is just a temporal place. And like he has said, like you were saying, we're bringing the, the, the kingdom to earth. It is at hand. Yeah. So that means that it is real and it is now. Sometimes in our mind we will see, you know, the the um, heaven being a place that's in our future. 
But what we don't understand is is that heaven is actually right now. And we kind of like even in our minds will trick ourselves into thinking that, okay, when I get to heaven, I'll explain, <laughs> you know, why I did these things in my body, you know, and, and why these things happen. But we don't understand that you're actually, um, you know, you're being judged by what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So we cannot see um, heaven to be, or even this tabernacle, or all of these descriptions, or even this revelation, to be something that is in the future, or something that is a far place away from here that we don't really have to worry about right now. That's a deception of the enemy, and that's what he wants you to kind of think, is that, oh, everything's all right, you just go ahead and be complacent. You continue to go to work. Continue to do life as you're doing it, and that's being asleep. That's not being aware and awake. Yes. And there's something very important Jesus told his disciples. And I want you guys to get this because it's dealing with that white stone. Excuse me. My cough is contagious. I've I've been this way all week. My voice actually cleared up from, believe it or not, this morning. Dealing with that white stone, Jesus said something very important to his disciples. He said, in my father's house, there are many mentions. And he also told them, I go to make a place for you. In other words, he's preparing your purpose in heaven, the new heaven. Mm-hmm. As it says, the earth and the heavens will pass away. Everything will be new. Well, he makes all things new. Mm-hmm. Just as he makes your spirit renewed. With that white stone, he gives you a new purpose. He says, there are many mansions, there are many purposes, many things, many works that are to be done in my Father's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And should you make it there, I go to make a place for you. And he made a place for his Mm -hmm. 12 apostles. They have a foundation at the gate. Mm -hmm. And what they did, they laid that foundation by spreading his word, just as he told that one church, I will get to you with the word of God through the sword. This will be preached against you. But those who do not believe are those who are doing wrong. He has made a place in heaven for each and every one of us. He has given us, as he says, those waters of life. All we have to do is overcome, to endure, Mm -hmm. to continue as hard as it may be for us, losing loved ones, losing our jobs, uh, not having a place to live, uh, going hungry, whatever, uh, physical illnesses, uh, whatever the case may be, nothing in this flesh should hinder us from reaching that goal and walking through those gates. I have another analogy of it, though, too. It's kind of like um, passing your probationary period. It's like you're in your probationary period right now, and, 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 and God is saying, I got, I'm, I'm filling out a new job description for you. <laughs> and I'll give you that job description once you pass the probationary period. So, I mean, you kind of have to see that life right now is kind of like being in that probationary time. 
and knowing that God has something, you know, he has a place for you. You know, it, you know he doesn't want to have to take that away. You know, like he has said, you know, I can put you in a book. I can put you your, your name back. I can put you now, but don't let me block that. But name don't out. let me take your name back out because, you know, it it, it doesn't you know make sense. You know, to even you know continue to go through life the way that you've been going and pushing forward to give up now. Um, continue to keep believing. Continue to keep keep pushing forward in what God is doing in your life, and allow Him to transform you. Allow Him to make you over. And that's another thing too is that. We, we'll, we'll have a job that we want or that we desire, but there might be, like, something that you need in order to get that job, whether it's, like, you needed um, uh, another a, a bachelor's degree or if you needed some certification or if you needed to work or, you know, like, even in the military, uh, you have to get this strike and this strike before you get this strike. You know, you, you can't bump up, you know, like they do in the government, too. Like, you know, you have to be this grade, and you have to go through that grade. You can't just leap all the way up, you know, from fifth grade and go over here to high school. No, we're not going to do that. You have to go through the grades. You know, you have to go through the um, the trials and the tribulations. And it was good that you did say, too, about the prosperity thing, because most people think that if, if I, that they keep their mind tripped up, on creating wealth. They keep their mind tripped up on um, manifestations of material things. But in doing that, then you have distracted your own self from dealing with the things that you really need to deal with Mm -hmm. that are actually going to be addressed when you get to judgment. All those things are not going to just pass away. You know, you're not just going to get dipped into a new body and, okay, everything else is over. No, the things that are not dealt with will be dealt with. And it's like you have to allow God to transform you and to make you over and over and over again and allow him to prune away. And like he has said, he is a true vine. So if he's a true vine, he's going to pull and pull away all those things that are not like him and all those things that will hinder you and your mind from receiving this full revelation of who he is. Anybody have any questions? Anything to add? Anyone? Jerusha? You still there, Apostle Jerusha? Okay. I've got a lot of stuff to set them again. I told you you it was a lot. Okay, so I'm sure I won't have questions for you. Kathy, were you okay? I formulated it. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I do have one. Okay. Yes, I'm okay. The number 12. What's the significance of the number 12? 12. I don't know 12 by heart. Um, I'll have to get back to you on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, Where did you see it? No, she's talking about the 12. Yeah. You know, the 12 gate, the 12. Oh. Tries to shoot it, you know. okay. There is a significance to the number. Um up the top of my head, I don't know it. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, child, that's 16, so I'm curious. <laughs> I think I told you that once, too. Probably. Did I? Yeah, but I, right now, up the top of my head, I can't remember. Yeah, we'll look it up and we'll definitely yeah. get that information. We'll, we'll I can look it up, too. But. Okay. Yeah. We'll look it up for you and then um, get it to you. And everything, you know, you're right, Melinda, <laughs> with. Thinking, everything has meaning, and it always is in the in between. 
um, it's always not the um, obvious thing, but the thing that's in between that is what we continue to seek for, and those are the mysteries of God. And that's where you will find, you know, the answers that you look for. So it is good that you, I know know some other people might think that, oh, well, it's just a number. But for when it comes to spiritual, everything has meaning. Everything. Right. So continue to keep speaking them. And then that, you know, what he's saying, too, in this, you know, um, in Revelations, where he keeps saying, he who hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. So someone who has an ear that is open to hear what God is saying. It may not necessarily be exactly what is straight up said to you because of the fact that it, that it is a metaphor and they have another meaning. But if we only have our ears open to hear metaphors or uh, to, to hear uh, things that are um, blatant, then that's all you're ever going to hear. You know, even like myself, even reading these words, every time I read it, I get something different. But it's because of where you are. And But if you continue to stay open in where you are, God will give you revelation in that. And he will continue to keep giving it to you each and every time. Mm-hmm. Now I wanted to read something to finish this off. In Ephesians chapter 6, because this is how we endure. This is how we overcome. We can't do it alone, okay? We cannot do it alone. Okay? So, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, I will start with. It says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Remember he said you have to overcome. Just overcome these things because if you read what he was telling the churches, these are the things that they were dealing with, things of this world and, and, and spiritual wickedness and, and, and things of the darkness that take over people or put obstacles in people's way. And uh, he usually wants to say about that is the, the fruits of the spirit and then those things of the dark. Yes, those sure of the spirit. Make sure that you are aware of what those are. Absolutely. And so he goes on to say, for in verse 13, Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, not just a piece of it, or I just want a shield or a helmet. No, he says the whole armor, because you're going to need it. Okay? He says that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. But come judgment, the day before judgment, there's going to be a whole lot of evil. And when it says evil day, when you read it to Revelations, it speaks of uh, Satan being released for a thousand years. That's one day with God, as it said. A thousand years. So it's that day, but one day, that evil day, those thousand years to come. And having done all to stand. It says 14, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. 
and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Okay? If you put on the breastplate of righteousness, therefore the breastplate of judgment finds you righteous. Therefore you enter into that new Jerusalem. Okay? And your feet shot with the preparation of the gospel of peace. So you walk accordingly. 16, above all, taking the shield of faith. And we talked about faith, knowing what your faith is, knowing how to walk through it. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. 17, and take the helmet of salvation, which is your mindset, your your freeing yourself from bondage of this world. Setting your mind on those things that are to come, as the word says, on those heavenly places. And the sword of the Spirit. This is bring yourself, which is the word of God. Now, also goes on in verse 18, something we, we all need to be doing constantly is praying always with all prayer and supplication. He in the spirit, praying in the spirit. We worship in the spirit and truth. You should pray in the spirit and truth. And watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, for everyone, praying for everyone, watching out for them, looking out for one another, always spiritually concerning each other, edifying the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. This is how we overcome. We can't do it alone. Jesus is there with us as he sent his Holy Spirit to guide us. But we need to adorn some things in our mindsets, in our walk, to let the enemy know that if he comes this way, he's in for a fight. Okay? We need to let the enemy know that we're not going to be easily taken like we used to be before we found Christ, as we say, our life B.C., before Christ. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, I, again, I know this was a lot. I could have gotten a little deeper into this, but I know it was five chapters, which was a lot. Uh, I pray that you all got something out of it. And I pray... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you all who did not get a chance to read it, please still go back and read it. Uh, if we need to extend this next week, we can talk about it some more. For those who wish, does anybody wish to uh, expand on this for next week? And we can move on. All right. So I guess we will be moving on. <laughs> not a problem. I will get to you guys. Um, <clears throat> I know what I want you to read, but I forgot I had written it down. Um, it was First Thessalonians, I believe. Yes, First Thessalonians. Uh, it was chapter five. Uh, You're gonna text that out. I always do, Tina. 
First Thessalonians. Yes. First Thessalonians, that's actually chapters four and five. Okay? I will take that out. Does anyone have anything to add? Questions? We are mighty quiet. <laughs> <laughs> We're listening. Yeah, but you don't get Yeah, it. I'm listening. <laughs> Thinking in. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, to me, for me, what I kind of got out of everything is, um, is a refresher of being aware of myself and being aware of um, the things that I'm doing for the Lord don't get so robotic or don't get so caught up in trying to build something or trying to do something, you know, for the Lord because it's something that, you know, the world says that we should do. But that we always, you know, um, be led by the Spirit of God because He knows what what is needed and He knows what is needed for His people. And that, you know, I particularly know that it's God. But I know that though too that if I don't perform love, I'll never be able to be that fullness of God. So it's just a refresher for me about love. Yeah. Anyone else? No? All right. We will pray out then. All right. And when are we going to pray now? Dear Heavenly Father God, we come to you in prayer in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Thank you, dear God, for your blessed time and your words, for blessing our minds, Lord God, with your word and unveiling unto us what you will have us to know and to prepare for, knowing, dear Lord God, that your your works will be done through all those accordingly to your word. We know that God's word always reigns true, and no matter what we do or how we do it, his word is always fulfilled. And we thank you for that, dear Lord God, for that contingency plan. But we know we mess up now and then. But your grace and your mercy, dear Heavenly Father God, through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, is always there for us to make the corrections. We thank you, dear God, for this blessed day in which you have given unto us. As your word says, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And this should reign true, dear Lord God, for all of us, each and every day of our lives, to be thankful for what we have, for what you have given unto us, and to make the best of it, dear Lord God. And we thank you in the name of Jesus for your blessed word and the gathering of the saints today in your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Before we go, I want to ask if anybody has anything that they want specific prayer for or anybody that they need prayer for. I know that um, many asked me uh, to pray, um, so I'll, I'll, I'll pray for her. And um, I have one other person. Um, her name is Barbara, who's in the hospital, so I need to pray for her as well. 
Does anybody else have anybody else? I just want to pray for my children. Okay. And my, okay. my husband. My family. Okay. Okay. I'd like to pray for my sister and her family. Okay. Amen. Amen. Well, I'll go ahead and um, uh, uh, I, I want to ask if um, Apostle Jerusha would um, pray for um, Kathy and her family. Um, I can pray for the couple people um, that I um, have personally, but if you could pray for Kathy and her family and my sister wanted to pray for us. Um, and then I can just go ahead and pray after that. Okay, so you want me to go first? Sure. Oh, I can go first. It doesn't matter. Uh, Heavenly okay. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord Father, for all things said and done. I lift your name on high, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for being in the presence of us, Lord Father. I pray, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you would even see, Lord God, your daughter, Minnie, right now, Lord Father. I pray, Lord God, that you would meet the needs, Lord God, that are in her life. I pray, Lord Father, that you would feel your presence in her, Lord God, in her and around her, Lord Father. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless her finances, bless her children. I pray, Lord God, let there always be, Lord God, truth within that home. Let there be no confusion, Lord Father. I rebuke anything that would want to tell her to do anything harmful, Lord God. And I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will fight back the enemy. You reveal him, I pray, Lord Father, in her life that she can see, Lord God, her enemy, and she can see, Lord God, how to fight against him. Give her the words, Lord Father, the scriptures, Lord Father, that are so deep down inside of her, Lord God. Give her the ability to fight, Lord God, and put her armor on. I pray, Lord Father, in the name of Jesus, continue to bless Barbara Jean. I pray, Lord God, that you would bless her, Lord God, with healing, Lord God. She has reached out her hand, Lord God, to me to pray for her, Lord God. Let that hand of faith be also the hand that she retrieved that healing. I pray, Lord God, that even as she stretched out and asked for prayer, Lord Father, that you would honor that, Lord Father, that you are the able one, Lord Father. You are, you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Lord Father. Show forth your Jehovah Jireh in her life, Lord God. I pray, Lord Father, that you would give her comfort, Lord Father, in the place of God. And touch, Lord God, the doctors and all those who would try to take cancer and say that there is cancer riddling her body, Lord Father. But you are a way to make the Lord God. If you could correct those things that are wrong, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, for a complete healing, Lord God, for Barbara in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Father, we humble the throne room of grace as an ambassador's joint heir to the kingdom of God, a royal priesthood and a diadem. We come boldly as women and, and, and men, oh God, linking our faith together by touching on this phone and by the very Zoe breath of God that you have given us to be a living soul, a living creation of your, your spoken word. Father God, we these prayers that have been requested by the Lovelace family, by Keith Tina, Summer Allen, and Keith, uh, Keith and the children. Father, for Kathy and her children and all of the women that's on this phone today, Father, I, I, I just call the, the angelic host even now to surround these, your people, surround these, the wound of the earth, the heal of the deliverer. God, we ask that you will begin to comfort Zion. I ask that the spirit of the living God that dwells within the temple of the Holy Ghost in each and every one of us on this phone, Father, that you will stir up every gift. Father God, that you will cause the angelic host to cover us. And 
and build an ark of covering that we can find rest for our very soul. That you will raise up in these women of God a standard of love, a standard of power, that they can tap into that power. And the spoken word of God that is in them will come out and they will speak it over their children. They will speak it over their household and over their situation. God, I decree and declare it that they will mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. Father God, because they represent your church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. Now give them vision. Those that the door has been closed. But God, you say when one door closed, another one opens. I pray for Sister Kathy. I pray for Summer Allen. God, give them vision on where you have for them to be launched into the next level and let them embrace this next level. Even if fear comes up, it's only coming to confirm you're calling them into deep. Deep calls into deep. And the angelic angels will uphold you and carry you into the promises of God, which is yea and amen. And God, we thank you. Continue to strengthen Pastor Keith on the phone, God. I ask that you give him revelation of your word as he continue to be obedient. Let the fire of, uh, of the Lord like Meshach and Abednego be shut up in his belly, God, like never before. And he will be like a a ball of fire, oh God, as he delivered the word to your people, I ask in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and that I seal it with the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Amen and amen. Thank you, Jesus. Amen and amen, amen. Thank you. Love you guys. Love you. Love you guys, too. Oh, thank you, Regina. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Thank you. Wow. <laughs> I'm glad I came. <laughs> Don't forget, guys, for those of you who are in the area, if you could um, invite someone out uh, March 1st for our uh, official. Um, well, we, ain't even, we haven't even really worked on an opening. So. <laughs> I know, but I mean, yeah. it will be open March 1st. Okay. Okay. All right. March 1st is uh, service in a new place. On Sunday at 11 p.m. All right. All right. I set you go. I sent you two places for the retreat. I don't know if you had a chance to look at it. Are you love like 51 at Hotmail? Yeah, I responded to you on the one. I didn't know you sent me two. I had one and I had responded on it. But we're gonna have another call though. We're gonna call retreat. Uh, okay. All right. Melinda, will you forward it to me too, please? Yeah, I, I'm going to have another call. Okay. okay. All right. Set up call and we'll, we'll go through all of that. Okay. 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 All right. Hi, Tina. Bye, everyone. Bye. 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 You know what? <laughs> that is too funny. I really, I, um, well, first of all, the seven churches of Asia. Yeah. What? Okay, what is he referring to? Because I'm thinking in my mind, I don't know if there's seven continents. I don't know. Are uh, also, um, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, trying to think outside my box. <laughs> and, you know, because, the Holy Spirit seems to, or I'm sorry, um, our Father Jehovah seems to reference numbers. And he's so precise. 
and everything that he does build, <laughs> which is really interesting. And I did hear a pastor say he's a math god. And, you know, the more I read, I'm like, oh, yes, it just seems so true. So um, I guess my question is about the churches of Asia, because another perspective that I was given was um, the seven churches representing today in our time um, seven churches. But I mean like maybe the Catholic Church, maybe the Mormon Church, or you know what I mean? In that respect. Um, so these are like the leaders of the world. And he was speaking about like the rulers of the nations that are chosen by him. And so I'm thinking, okay, like the Pope, you know, is a chosen leader by God. No. You don't think so? No. I know so. But, okay, here's my reasoning. Because they're Christians, they worship, well, you know what, now that I'm thinking about it, never mind. <laughs> because they worship other saints. So, with that being said, I have to take back my statement. I just, I was wondering what the seven churches are, basically, in today's terms. They represent us. They they represent the body of Christ and all the wrong things that we're doing, even as you see Christianity's base, as how a lot of ministries are out there trying to get rich or misleading people, not preaching what it should be preached. No, um, that's how, yeah. Uh, the Catholic Church is out there uh, telling people that the Pope is the representation of God on earth, no, and he's not. not. Well, they I don't him. believe that. God, 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 sent, uh, God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to be our representation. No one else. Correct. Jesus said there will be those who come in my name, false prophets, and even those who call themselves Christ. Okay, so these are the things you need to be aware of and be cautious of. Okay. So getting back to the seven churches, what would they be called today? Yeah, I can say, so you're kind of seeing it in a numerical way, like, a, um, like you know, the number seven and, and how it's representing seven churches. So you want to kind of, parallel to compare what churches represent those seven churches. You cannot see it in that manner. You have to kind of see behind what he's saying in these specific scriptures. What is he saying to these seven churches? He's saying, and and the thing about it is is that back in the day, uh, that was the whole Christian faith. That accumulated all of the Christian faith at that time. Because right, places, I'm sorry. Hold on, just one moment. Those are the places that that, that they had that were there were churches set up in those locations. Now, as you know it, in the world there's Christians all over the world, not just in Asia Minor, but in the entire world now. So we're all become the body of Christ because now he's speaking to the entire body of Christ. He's speaking to us. 
So you kind of like look at the things that he's saying to those churches. You can't really say like this church he's saying this and this church is saying that. You always internalize it to yourself because when you're learning the word of God, you're literally learning about what you need to do, not what like a church over in, you know, China needs to do or a church over in Australia needs to do. No. So that's not what he's referencing. Because what it's like a trickle down effect. Right, it's it's a you and me thing. So, like he's saying, is that at this one church where they were doing all these things to um, please God, like you know, feeding the poor or you know, preaching His word and things like that. But like he had said, and and what um, Pastor Pete was talking about was that they had lost their first love. So it wasn't about the church. It wasn't about uh, where it was located. It was about what they were doing and what they were not doing. So yeah, this is true. Cool. Like, uh, what are you doing? Okay, so all right. And what are you not doing? So right. that's what you kind of have to do with that. Right, yeah, because remember his, his key words are I, uh, to, be, to be held blameless come judgment day so that he can present you, present your case to God, mm-hmm. okay? And that's why he told them, he says, and he starts listening out all the things that they're doing right. He says, he say, he, you're doing this, you're doing that, but I still have an ought against you. Mm-hmm. Well, right, so he's asking so, these churches to repent. And like us, we have to repent as well. Yes. Yes, he said, for all this good that you're doing, remember in one of his scriptures he said it's, it's, it's best for you to cut off the one hand that is doing bad things than for the entire body to be condemned for the one part. Right. So that's what he's saying. Yeah. For all this good that you're doing, that one thing is going to cause you not to make it through. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's why he said, I still have an art against you to do because you're doing this or you're not doing this, and you need to fix this. And that's why he told him to repent, you, unless thou repent. I and mean, we went over that now about repenting as well. And it, here's a good example. It's kind of like if you um, are doing nice things for people that you know and you're telling people about Christ and you're doing all these things that, that you say to do, but you won't forgive your mother or father or you won't forgive your brother of something that he did years ago, you, you're you still wrong. You know, there's still a blight on your record or a bad mark on your record because you have unforgiveness there. So that's what God is saying in those particular Deal with the things that I'm showing you about yourself. You weren't really on there when I was talking about that and I had kind of said that earlier where it was like you have to deal with the things that God reveals to you about you. Right. No, I I heard when you said that. Okay. And as you go into that prayer, like like, uh, what was said is that you go into the spirit and you go into that prayer, into the spirit, God will reveal to you the things that you need to deal with. Yeah, I heard that. But, you know, it was a good reminder. But it's like, you know, I have to be constantly reminded. Like today, I didn't, 
Anyway, I want to talk about today. I want to talk about this study. <laughs> um, I'm just going to leave it at that because um, I don't know. I still have questions, but I tell you what, I'll write them down and I'll get them to you. <laughs> Because it's not so much, it's not so much, I guess I'm not asking so much, I understand your point, that, and basically I have to look at myself. That's what it's about, you know. Um, but I was just curious, I guess from a historian sort of point of view, um, what the churches would be called today, because I like anthropology, so, you know, I like history. So it's probably trying to understand it from, not from an American point of view, but maybe, you know, a he. Um, I get what you're trying to say is, is that you're trying to say where, you know, like the locations of these places now that they no. want to. Well, yeah. Yeah, you are. Um, and the thing about it is that you can't, it's kind of like, um, it, it's kind of like um, if you had said, okay, let me try to compare the United States in, like, the 1800s until now. And it's like the United States wasn't wasn't this big. We didn't have California. So we can't really talk about California or include California because the California wasn't California in, in the 1800s. You see what I'm saying? California below, belonged to the Mexicans then. You see what I'm saying? And so now we have laws that still were created at that time when they created the, the you know, the Declaration of Independence and all this other stuff. But those laws still stand, and they and those laws still go over for uh, even when it comes to the Virgin Islands or you know all the U.S. territories, even Alaska and all these different places. The the word still holds true for those places because now we're bigger. So that's the same thing here that you can't really try to do a parallel of what you know. Okay, he said Philadelphia, so he's talking about you know Pennsylvania, Philadelphia. No. There's no way for you to kind of connect that because the uh, body of Christ has grown all over the world. Yeah, I guess we're just not understanding each other because um, I under—I mean, I hear what you're saying and I understand what you're saying and I appreciate mostly what you're saying. And, um, you know, I guess I'm not posing my question right. And you know what? I kid you not. I did not put on my armor today. So I, my mind has been all over the place. So, um, you know, so that's the truth. And so inquiring okay, well, minds. <laughs> well, you know what? Probably the best thing to, is to write it down because if you write it down, you can get a clear thought out to what, what exactly it is that you want to know. And then right. if, you, if you text it to us, then we can answer it. Right, because I did not have my best spiritual day. <laughs> I forgot to put my armor on. And Oh, one other question that I was heard you say. Remember when we were in Exodus and you were talking about the breastplate? Wasn't it Exodus? Mm-hmm. Yes. That was so cool. Okay, so my question is, is that our breastplate as well? I mean, or is that so, our that, breastplate? That is, that is a... Separate breastplate. That breastplate is held for the high priest. The high okay. Priest is the, only, the only one that wears that breastplate. And other than Aaron, Jesus is the only one that was considered 
high priest by God, other than, you know, those people coming down the lineage calling themselves high priests through the Levitical line of the uh, Jewish history. Um, kind of adorned that thing, but uh, truly the ones that were appointed were uh, only a few in history by God to be high priests. Um, our oh, breastplate, yeah. see that breastplate that he had, that Aaron uh-huh. had, it's called the breastplate of judgment. Oh, yeah, I've got to read more. I didn't read Exodus. Well, no, no, it, it's it's part. That's why I say it, it's it's a study, not a read. So you have to mm-hmm. how to find things that connect. There's a lot of connections, and you presented that. You guys presented that tonight, which is really <laughs> cool. So it just got yeah. my mind wandering too much, I guess. And um, yeah, so. Charge it to my head, not to my heart, but that you have questions and that's what we want to see. We want to see questions because we don't want anyone leaving, you know, um confused or anything like that. Right. Yeah. Like that. I, I, my go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, well, my spirit feels good. But I forgot what I was going to say now. You know, it's I don't feel like that I'm not a Christian anymore or anything like that. I just, you know, it's not so much confusion. It's just, well, wait, 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 wait. Let me rephrase that. It was confusion in me. But when we were referring to the Bible study tonight, you know, there wasn't any confusion. But I was trying to understand more, you know, from a history point of view, specifically right. what he's talking about. <laughs> so, right, right. Okay, so that's, that's understandable. Um, I said um, I, I can dig a little deeper. Like I said, um, I know we only have an hour, and that's why I can't. I mean, some of this stuff I could probably I, you know stretch it out for like two weeks or three even for some of this stuff. Um, yeah, because I, I was thinking that, but I didn't want to say it. I wanted to say, can can I write down my questions? And we address this next week. We can do it, Emmy, because that's why I think he was asking that, though, too. We can go ahead and do that next week. Well, because the group didn't say that, you know, I didn't say it. When you ask questions like that, some people don't want to be the the, um, odd person person out of the the, the child that's not grasping when everybody else is, and they don't want to raise their hand and say, I I don't understand. So you leave without understanding. And I, I think that's what happened when I asked that question. No one wanted to. <coughs> Excuse me. I'm dealing with a cold. Bless you. Hey, Trevor. Uh, I just heard you were in an accident. Yeah, all of us were. Me, my husband, and the kids. Bless you guys. And cool. Uh, we're um, the, thank the Lord that the kids are okay. Um, me and Keith are just going through. Um, you know, therapy and everything. Um, like uh, body aches after the effect? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. yeah, so just dealing with that, that's pretty much it. Well, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> that's enough today. All right, you guys, thank you. All right. Just, just, so I will definitely be keeping my thoughts on you and praying, you know, of course, for your wellness. 
Um, what were you going to say, Pastor? Uh, if you got any questions, feel free to text or call either me or Summer. Or, uh, we're, we're here to help you guys along the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, I don't want to get anyone confused. So yeah. I, I try to give you guys as much information as I can. What I was uh, going to say, too, if I have these questions, I can definitely research them myself. And that's part of the whole learning process and the growing process. And that's what you know I what I mean. Happen, but it seems like it's not grasping to, to most people. Well, they'll just read. I'm like, this is not a read. This is a study. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it can go past. It's like there's work anyway. You guys know what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> I'm gonna let you go rest and take care of yourselves and the family. Shoot. Well, I'm I'm happy you enjoyed enjoyed the study. Oh my gosh, me too. Okay, I love you. Good night. Love you too. Talk to you next week. Okay. I'll okay. write down my question. Alrighty. Okay. All right. Bye bye.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.